0: What more can be said about made-for-TV movies? A lot of them are really bad. Like all the ones on that man-hater channel Lifetime Bad. Or all the holiday movies on the Hallmark Channel are beyond cringeworthy. Then some turn out to be really good. Like Stephen King's It. Or the relatively unknown Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. But today's movie always seems to slip through the cracks of everyone's memories. Some don't even know it even exists. So let's get right on to it, with 1991's Knight Rider 2000. Mix together one hero. Come back for the next 30 days until we cement our contract. One awesome talking car. Is that you, Mike? Yeah. You look like crap. Well, so do you, Val. And some cops gone bad. There's a strong possibility your own police force is (laughs) implicated. And you... The action adventure of a lifetime. Get ready for David Hasselhoff in Knight Rider 2000. Next on USA. Knight Rider is one of those franchises where you either like it or you don't like it. There really is no in-between. I remember growing up being fascinated with the fact that there was a talking car. And it was all decked out in black. And, it you know, it was really cool. And then as I got older, Michael Knight became cooler just because every episode the dude had a new girlfriend never failed um just he had some sort of swag to him maybe it was that drug dealer outfit with the little necklace that he had with the the hamburger meat chest hair showing up who knows right but this movie just forever like haunts me in a great way because of its setting it's actually filmed in San Antonio. And that's exactly where I'm from. I'm born here. Whatever, right? We don't get too many feature films here in this city. And rightfully so, because this place is fucking trash. Straight up garbage. I'm not going to sit here and try to sugarcoat anything. Uh, we get a lot of tourists here. And they all come here for the River Walk, which is basically fucking swamp water. So if you ever plan on taking a trip to San Antonio, don't. It's not what the the pamphlets or whatever youtube video shows you to be it's not it kind of reminds me of like when you go to the menu at like mcdonald's or whatever and the hamburger looks nice and when you get it it looks like garbage that's what it is i even laugh during saint patrick's day because they decide to dye the water green The shit was already fucking green enough to begin with but we did have some films you know that showed up here selena was one of them they had to film here and i feel like a lot of movies if 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 san antonio isn't part of the source material they're not going to film here and that's why i brought up selena because she was back and forth you know corpus and san antonio and she had to be here so they had to film here miss congeniality filmed here as well uh I, i believe it was like some sort of pageant and then There was a Cloak and Dagger. I think the movie was like 1985, 1984. It had Henry Thomas, uh, the little boy from E.T., Elliot. Uh, The movie was about a video game, not the Cloak and Dagger, the Marvel characters. And then there was one of my all-time favorites, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Now, that movie is still going to be iconic, and it will forever be one of my favorites of all time. But he showed up because he wanted to go to the Alamo. (laughs) <laughs> because a uh, a fortune teller told him that his bike was in the in the basement. Hey kid, what's your name? I can't remember. Where are you from? I can't remember. Can't you remember anything? I remember the Alamo. Yeah! <laughs> so, as in the title, it is set in the year 2000. No shit, right? So. <laughs> And the the they do a great job of showing you what 2000 actually looked like versus what 2000 looks like in all the other older movies. There's no flying cars. There's no war for fuel. And it's uh, no post-apocalyptic. So you're not going to get Robocop. You're not going to get Mad Max. You're not going to get Back to the Future. None of those. It's just plain Jane year 2000, the way it actually was. Now, there are some technologies that are... You know, far fetched, uh, if you ask me, Uh, like one of them, which is really cool, is the fact that when you die, they're able to connect your brain to a computer and play your memories visually on a screen. That is one of the coolest things this movie has really had to offer. It's uh, I wish that you can do that now, even when you're alive, because that would probably solve a lot of arguments. The plot of Knight Rider 2000 is very foretelling as it pretty much it's about gun control. Now I'm not going to get all political. We're not going to discuss all this bullshit because that's not what this podcast is about. But as I said it is very foretelling because they abolish all guns and uh, cops are not even able to use actual guns either. So when there is a criminal, they shoot them with some sort of Invisible ray gun or whatever you want to call it and they paralyze them so yeah it's just kind of strange they don't shoot out these cool laser beams like on Star Wars or anything it just paralyzes the, the criminal or whoever it is that they shot and then they freeze them there's no jail time you don't stick a whole bunch of guys in the cell anymore uh, you're not anybody's bitch you don't have to worry about you know uh, trading off fucking cigarettes or dropping the soap any of that stuff they cryogenically freeze you and you know shove you into a mausoleum and that's it and when it's time for you to be thawed out they thaw you out and they try you for sentencing which is just it, some of it makes sense to me and some of it doesn't but they don't go into any more detail about how that even works but that is how we meet our villain thomas watts Uh, They don't go into too much of his backstory. He is played by Mitch Pileggi, who, if if you've never seen his work, you really ought to see it. The dude is a great villain in everything that I've seen him in. Uh, If you remember Wes Craven's Shocker, which is great, awesome soundtrack. And then he was the uh, campus police officer on Three O'Clock High, which is a very underrated movie. And he's just great in all those things. And every time I see him in an interview, he seems like the nicest guy ever. Now, that's what I call great acting, right? So he is thought out and he goes straight to work. He wants to start selling real guns to the criminals. Very foretelling, like I said. And since nobody has actual guns, he is and people want real guns. He's making a killing off of it, but he also has a police force in his back pocket, so they're selling for him as well. And the story does move into a new police officer named Sean. And she doesn't even have a last name in this movie, which is very odd to me because a lot of times, you know, you get police officers, they have their last names on there. Her name is just Sean. And she is a rookie cop, you know, she's trying to find her footing. She's from another, you know, she's from another place. You know, she doesn't really know too many people. Uh, whatever so uh, I get a lot of RoboCop vibes from her because just like Alex Murphy she shows up all gung ho and stuff and then she ends up getting shot in the head and the reason she gets shot in the head is she uncovers or actually she walks in on a conversation about the rest of police officers selling illegal guns so she gets shot they take her to the hospital to where once again another RoboCop moment they run an experiment on her And they insert a chip into her brain. Now, we're going to get into that chip a little later on. They insert a chip into her brain. And now she is like super smart. She's got all this database in just right in her head. We still haven't even got to Knight Industries because they are in this movie. They're a failing company. They are not what they used to be anymore. Michael Knight is now retired. Devin is the only other character from the series to show up you don't get Bonnie or you don't get April the two the two uh, Mechanics that worked on kid a lot. They're not even talked about anymore So Devin is trying to get government funding to make another night project meaning that there's gonna be a new car and a, a new driver and they just can't seem to catch a break until the incident with Sean happens Reason for it is because one of Kit's processor chips ended up in her brain. That is the chip they went into there with. So Devin decides to, you know, talk to Michael and ask him to come back. And yes, it is David Hasselhoff, the fucking Hoff himself. And, you know, he's just fishing. He's got a 57 Bel Air. He's just, you know, kicking back, living life. Who knows how much they paid him. Anyways, that is basically how they get him to come back sadly kit has been dismantled and it's just they have him in pieces kit has been destroyed <laughs> what bothers me so much is the fact that when they have all his body parts like all the car parts and boxes they actually have a real steering wheel in there when the actual car had that weird looking steering wheel that didn't have any hoop on it it's just a middle center piece Um, just strange. So anyways, Michael does come back. He revives Kit and Kit comes back as an asshole as he always is. But I did make a mistake earlier because William Daniels, another actor from the original show, is still the voice of Kit. I would not have that any other way. And every time that I hear Kit talk, I still think of Mr. Feeney. I love the thing they call. Now, I know I said a lot and I don't want to go through the whole movie. So, we're not going to go through that anymore. Um, I'm I'm going to give you a little bit more of a rundown, but we'll go, we'll get to that in a bit. This movie pretty much is feels also like an actual episode of Night Rider. Uh m- mostly because you do get Devin And you do get Michael and you do get Kit. And I think those are the main core of the whole series to begin with. And it's very hard to find this movie. Uh, You can't find it digitally. Uh, The whole thing isn't even uploaded on YouTube. There's so many. It's just a whole bunch of parts. To me, the only way to actually get an official copy is to buy the first season, the first Knight Rider season on DVD because it's included in there. Uh, There are a lot of overseas versions, but I don't have a region-free player. Go figure, right? A a movie buff that doesn't have a a region-free player. (laughs) But anyways, uh, it's very hard to find this movie. So I actually had to get it bootleg. Uh, Yeah, I got a bootleg. I didn't say that. I'm not saying that I didn't... uh, Yeah, you didn't hear any of that. So we'll just keep that between us. So um, there are some scenes in this movie that show how great of an actor david hasselhoff really is and i don't care what anybody says yeah sure he was in baywatch and uh, the, it, but the dude is great at showing sad emotions i don't care what anybody says when uh, that one lifeguard died on baywatch and he was talking at her funeral he really hit me right in the soul and in this movie he shows emotion And it's more so that they actually do kill Devin in this. Devin is a sympathetic figure in this whole thing because he has been trying to get everybody on the same page and it doesn't work out. Uh, Thomas finds out or actually thinks that Devin knows about their scheme and Devin really didn't know. So they shoot him and he kills him in the hospital, even after he finds out through his memories that He didn't know anything, but they needed to get rid of him anyway. That sends Michael into a frenzy because Michael is actually a drunk in this movie. He's not too far off of the actual, uh, not too far off of the David Hasselhoff cheeseburger eating videos. You can go look for those yourself, but, um... He just gives up. Michael just doesn't want to do this anymore because Devin died. And that is such a powerful scene when he's at the funeral or when Sean goes to his house at the lake and to try to bring him back because Devin would have wanted that. Um, it's just there's a lot of emotion throughout this whole movie. So and then you, you actually get Kit into a different car. And that car is a 1957 Chevy Bel Air. I'm assuming that there were no more transams left in the world to install kit on but you had to do with what you got right um michael owns that car he installed kit on there and they try to relive their glory days and it just doesn't work out too well because one he doesn't have the transam plain and simple you can't fucking jump over 18 wheelers or you know, search body parts or just do anything you need to do heat sensors and make phone calls and play Pac-Man or, you know, whatever card game that they would play on kids uh, screens. None of that stuff. You can't even go super fast anymore. So um, it, it just doesn't work out for them. They still need Sean because she does have that chip in her brain. So when I mentioned this movie to people, they seem to ne- it seems to like have never happened to them. It's like a Mandela effect. Some people remember it, some people don't, and there are actually big parts of this movie that were really big deals. The Riverwalk hosts a mall that's you know pretty much on there, and it's called River Center Mall. You know, hence the name Riverwalk. All that junk, right? And there was a big fight scene in there between Thomas and Michael Knight, and there was shoot. You know, they actually used real guns in there and all that junk, and there was a, a shootout in the middle of the food court. And nobody seems to remember that at all, not even the older crowd. And nobody seems to know that this movie was ever filmed in San Antonio. It just blows my mind. The movie is all types of great. And you do get, they, so I'm sorry, they tried to get a concept car, the Pontiac Banshee, and they didn't. So they used a Dodge Stealth. And pretty much made a Banshee out of it. Now you can go and Google that. It, ma- it mostly looks like a, like a later like '99 Trans Am, and so they do install Kit on there, which is really cool too. Because once again, foretelling, Kit has a screen in there. He can watch TV. He can do whatever he wants on there. There's all types of. It tells you the temperature. You have GPS. You got all that cool stuff that weren't that really wasn't available in '91. But it's, which is all available now in these smart cars and Teslas or whatever it is they're making these days and Kit is actually able to float on the riverwalk like I said when I mentioned this movie to people they just do not seem to remember it at all the movie had a budget of 6.5 million dollars and I don't know what the hell they used it on I really don't um It got really good reviews Uh, i do remember watching it on the usa network a lot uh, as reruns i just don't get how nobody can remember this damn movie now i would say like i said earlier it's very hard to find this anywhere so if you can just go ahead and look up clips of it it's not gonna hurt anybody uh There's so much in this movie that I think anybody can enjoy, whether you're a fan of Knight Rider or not. This is just a cool action police drama that I think anybody would enjoy. But I will say this. It was a hell of a lot better than that 2008 Knight Rider reboot. They tried to pass off some moron as Michael Knight's illegitimate son. Now, that sounds cool because Michael Knight slept with every chick in every episode, so he's got to have had some child running around that he didn't know anything about. Now, they did have a David Hasselhoff uh, cameo at the end to let him know, you know, one man can make a difference, just like the way they did in the actual TV show and the pilot of the of the original show. Um, but the rest of it was garbage. They had Val Kilmer do the voice of, of Kit, which was just... Oh man, it was just horrible, just bad to listen to. They shouldn't even have done that. Um, I think the only redeeming quality that the show, the reboot, actually had, was they brought back Carr. Now, if we all remember, if you're a Night Rider fan, Carr was K A R R, and he was Kit's, you know, evil twin, you know, kind of like Garth uh, Knight, which was Michael Knight with just a mustache, but. Uh, car was voiced by the original voice actor uh peter cullen peter cullen voiced car back in the 80s and he voiced car in the 2008 reboot and we all know his voice his voice has is super iconic because he is optimus prime the original og optimus fucking prime uh so peter cullen Thank you for at least trying your best in that reboot. I would have rather watched Team Knight Rider. And that show was just fucking horrible. I I would rather watch that. It was... Jeez. The whole... If you were to ever Google Team Knight Rider, it looks like a used car lot. Like just some beat up ass cars and they're trying to be cool. Don't... You know... It's worth... Watching clips, but it's not worth investing time to watch to going through all the episodes. That's probably why it lasted like one season. So, um, without rambling on too much, you can catch me at slash underscore vision underscore TV on Instagram. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. Leave, you know. Uh, five-star reviews that would be nice or uh, any starts whichever whichever you decide to do i'll take anything any reactions better than no reaction and until next time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.